let's focus on a, a campaign where you want to go narrow and deep, for example, where you want to go for those three, four, five, six touches. Uh, for a situation like that, for like a narrowly defined absentee owner, you know, you're going to, by far, our, we see male quality matters. Um, between, broadly speaking, letters versus postcards. You know, that's kind of the big question that we get. Uh, I like to say letters get read, postcards get looked at. And there's advantages to, to both of those. Perfect. Jamel Gibbs here. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another podcast episode. Today, we're going to talk about something that's very special to me. It's dear to me because it absolutely changed my life, changed my business, changed the way I look at business in general, and that's direct mail. And I've been doing business with uh, this particular company for over 10 years at this point. And uh, to be honest with you, uh, the company, I, I recommend a lot of people over there. I have in the past and I'm going to continue to do so because it's an absolute, uh, it's a great company to work with. Um, not only that, our special guest is an expert in direct mail. He owns this company. He knows exactly uh, what it takes to, to go from where you are right now to where you want to go uh, by using the inner workings of direct mail and how to drive leads into your real estate investing business. One thing I want to tell you is uh, when it comes to direct mail, consistency matters, okay? And that's with anything. It's not just direct mail. That's with anything. If you really want to succeed in anything that you're doing, you have to be consistent, uh, especially in direct mail. The beautiful part about direct mail, though, is you can really understand what your KPIs are. You can really understand. You can get down to the very dollar, as I was uh, just telling our special guest. Uh, you can understand how much money down to the very dollar that you'll have to invest in order to get a certain amount back. So let's say you wanted a three or four or five X return on your money. Uh, direct mail can allow you to track how much money you're actually putting in to the, uh, the mailing campaign and how much you can expect out of it. Now it may not, obviously we're, we're talking rough estimate numbers may not be consistent across the board, but you can get, pretty close when it comes to direct mail. Um, so we're going to have a, a, a discussion on direct mail today. We're going to talk about uh, some of the inner workings of direct mail, what you need to look out for, how you can get started with it, and um, really how you can take your business from where you are, like, like I said, where you are right now to where you want to go. And another thing before we jump in, direct mail is probably one of the only proven ways that I know of in real estate. And I've been doing this since 2002. It's probably one of the only proven ways that I know of that will allow you to truly scale your business. Um, so what that means is if I'm spending, let's say a thousand bucks a month today and I'm making 5,000 bucks a month, what if I spent 2,000 bucks? Chances are my profits are going to increase. 3,000 bucks a month is going to increase, so on and so forth. So Again, that's the scalability part of the business. But again, you have to be consistent and you gotta, you don't have to have a huge budget to start. A lot of people think you need to have thousands upon thousands of dollars to start indirect mail, although that does help. Uh, remember what I always tell you guys, in this business, you're gonna invest either time or money. You don't need a lot of money to get started. You need a small budget if you don't have a lot of money but you need to be consistent with that budget. So yes, there will be sacrifices that you need to make. Yes, uh, you're, you're gonna need to stick to your guns. You're gonna have to give up some things, but think about what the end goal is. And, and that's, what we're gonna, that's what we're gonna cover. That's the beautiful part of direct mail. So today I wanna welcome uh, Dave Schaff to the call. He's the owner of Yellow, Yellow Letters Complete. If uh, you've been around me for any amount of time, you know that this is probably my favorite uh, direct mail company. Uh, they do more than just yellow letters, new postcards and things like that as well. But I thought it was important to have this discussion with someone who's an expert in the direct mail industry. So you won't hear it from me direct because sometimes it's best to hear it from someone else. So Dave, what's going on, man? 
Hi, Jamel. Thanks for having me on today. It's great to be here. Oh, man, it's a pleasure. Looking forward to, uh, to really learning some, some new stuff from you. You know, you know, it's kind of funny. I've been in real estate since 2002. Every single time I talk to a podcast guest, um, and this is the power of networking. This is the power of really uh, hearing other people's perspectives on their business and from a different point of view. I always learn something new when I'm on these podcasts. It's pretty amazing. And not that I knew it all, but I figured 20 years in a business close to it, I'm, I'm pretty experienced, but I always learn something new. So I'm, uh, I'm sure I'm going to learn something new from you today as well, man. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> so why don't you tell our guests a little bit about yourself and uh, how you kind of came about, sure. how you got started in this whole thing? Sure, sure. So uh, I come from a bit of a varied background. Uh, my original background is in actually the finance world. Um, you know, I went through the, the great financial recession of 2008, you know, square in the middle of all that in um, kind of the investment banking world. Um, you know, I also have some, some background in the tech sector as well. I spent some time out in Bay Area, California. Uh, actually worked as a software developer at a, a company called Lenda. It's now, it was now acquired by Reality Loans. Um, and we're automating the process of getting a home loan done. So taking an application online, automating some of the, the thoughts and algorithms that an underwriter would go through in terms of how they process a, a mortgage loan. Uh, I love the, the, the startup aspect of that, the small business aspect of that. Um, and I knew I wanted to kind of take the next step with, with you know, small business. So, you know, it brought me to, to Yoler's Complete, where, you know, we've been doing this for over 10 years. We're really, really experienced in the direct mail world, specifically for real estate. And I'm trying to, you know, bring this company to a stage where, you know, we're not just servicing, you know, basic direct mail campaigns, but we're, you know, introducing some new capabilities and new templates and new products to give you tons and tons of options and a larger arsenal as you run your own direct mail campaigns to give people the ability to stand out and get more responses and get more deals off of their, off their marketing investment. Awesome. Awesome. So, you know, really, and I kind of know where you're going. Um, I know you have the new website you just launched. Um, well, you revamped it. I want to say, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. you know, with, you know, from my experiences, you guys have like this tendency of staying ahead of the game when it comes to, for example, the post-it notes we were just talking about. Yeah. Um, yep. Just kind of staying ahead of the curve when it comes to different forms of direct mail. What I like most about what you guys do is um, I can ask you a specific question on what piece is working the best. And you, you, you have an, a clear understanding of, hey, this is what's been working best for clients lately. Mm -hmm. You know, um, and that allows me to kind of expand to – my, my thinking a little bit to uh, know which way I want to go when it comes to. So for example, yep. we, we just stepped into a transition uh, with, with the, uh, with this whole thing that's going on. I won't mention any names, but uh, we just stepped into a transition with people's health worldwide. And yep. um, you made the, you made the adjustment. You have this new postcard that I'm, I'm literally, I just sent out, a small batch uh, what, uh, this week or last week or something like that. Yeah. And um, we'll see how that goes. But I, I called you guys up and I said, Hey, you know, what's working right now? Uh, and you guys said, this is working. I love that, yep. that I can be able to do that. Cause I, it kind of takes the guesswork out of direct mail for me. And I don't necessarily need to, to think about it. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're specific to real estate. I mean, we work with thousands of real estate investors, real estate agents, and we ask every single person that we work with for feedback on, on, you know, how their campaign went, good or bad. You know, we want to know that. And, you know, we take it upon ourselves to try to help everyone else that we, that we work with. Yeah. You know, I, I think about our business as, our, you know, our KPIs are at the end of the day, you're going to measure us on the return on your marketing investment. So anything that we can do in terms of the knowledge that we gain to either release new templates 
that are highly relevant, highly active into you know the current environment, um, or if you just want to come talk to us, you know, get some advice on what we've seen be successful, what we haven't seen be successful. You know, that's what that's what we're here for. Yeah. You know, I think uh, you know one of the reasons that a lot of our customers stick with us is because we try to take a, a bit of a white glove service where we'll we'll do everything we can to kind of walk you through the entire process. So you're not just going to you know, a database downloading a thousand leads that you're not so confident in, sending that over to, you know, an automated direct mail system. Um, I think, you know, my impression is that a lot of people get turned off on direct mail because it's easy to get burned that way. Yeah. But when you have someone on your side to, you know, hopefully give you a little bit more confidence, give you a little bit of advice and guidance along the way, you know, that's going to turn into to better results. And that's what we want to see. Absolutely, man. So let's talk about um, direct mail as a whole. What are, what are some of the benefits of direct mail for our, for our listeners? Sure. So what's really nice in the U.S., data about property owners, property ownership, and a lot of you know, factors around that, the, the financial position, mortgage, that is all publicly available. It's not the case in every country. You know, we have some customers up in Canada, they have a much more difficult time getting the data. So if you can identify a particular strategy that you want to take a segment of the market, whether that's geography or, you know, a type of homeowner or type of house, you can identify that with direct mail and you can start a campaign based on your own strategy, find the exact houses you want to, you know, you want to market to, the exact homeowners you want to market to, and because we have such high quality data, it's very easy to get a hold of them. So that is the one, dis- you know, one distinct advantage that direct mail has over many other you know, marketing channels is there's great, great data. And at the end of the day, if you know, it's fairly simple, you know where someone lives, you want to get a hold of them, send them a letter. That's right. right? You know, and then you know, there's some unique characteristics of direct mail that kind of can build on that. Um, across the industry, across the entire direct mail industry, the average time that a piece of mail stays in someone's house is two and a half weeks, 17 days. So compared to like a piece of digital marketing that they might scroll past, you've got a couple seconds. You can have pieces of marketing that sit there for days, weeks. We even hear stories about, you know, a year or more later, someone gets a call from a, a direct mail campaign they ran, you know, 12 months ago. Um, so it, you have something physical, something that can stick around and something that they're kind of forced to interact with. Yeah. So that's, it ends up being a very consistent way to, to market to your leads in real estate. I, I, I 100% agree with that. You know, for me, like I said earlier, um, it's been pretty consistent. It's probably, probably the only way that I know of where you can actually track it down to the very dollar. Um, I'm probably being a little aggressive with that, but um, I know that, you know, for me, it's the the absolute best way to market your business and know how to and understand how to scale your business as well. So when it comes to let's say misconceptions, when it comes to direct mail, what what are some mm-hmm. of the misconceptions that people have? The number one I hear is that, oh, you've got to spend thousands of dollars across, you know, eight, 10 touches. Yep. And I just don't, I don't see that. I see people get results much, much sooner than that. And, you know, we even ran a case study around this time last year of, you know, just a three touch campaign, you know, not the six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 touches that I hear people talk about. Um, and it was really interesting because we were really able to track response rate by the week um and i I gotta be honest after the first touch it was kind of a dud and you know it was not looking great it was like under a half percent response rate for the first postcard that went out but what we saw is over the next two touches it got up to that 10 percent response rate number that we love to see and you know that's if you're getting 10 percent response you're doing pretty darn well you know you're getting lots of calls you're getting lots of opportunities and these are people who are reaching out to you, right? So you know that there's some sort of motivation or some sort of interest there to at least spark up a conversation. So is that what you're looking for about a 10% response rate? Cause I've had from, 
and this was we're talking six seven years ago mm -hmm. i've had as high as a 30 percent response rate when i first started doing yeah, the uh yellow letter uh campaigns that i yeah. was doing back then you know um, so it's hard to see that these i days. think it's yeah i think when the yellow letter as a marketing tool was was a little bit fresher uh, you really saw some crazy response rates. I mean, we were in kind of a rural part of Wisconsin and we ran a campaign around here. And after one touch, we got like a 40% response rate. But, you know, think about the market that you're, you're marketing yeah. to. This is not exactly, you know, the suburbs of a major metro area. That's you know, right. when there's more competition, there's more people marketing to those leads. Um, you know, that's where you're seeing those response rates come down. So I don't want to say expectations are going to get that 30% response rate anymore. But, you know, if you do put in the investment, we do regularly see people hit those 10 plus percent response rates, but don't expect that all, all up front, right? Okay. Consistency is part of the game here. Yeah, that's being real. And I, I like that. I like that a lot because um, it sets realistic expectations. But like you said, consistency is the part of the game. Now, when it comes to those different lists that you mentioned, are you seeing that um, the response rate differs from list to list or even the, the uh, you know, and it's kind of a twofold question, I guess, but when you're, I guess when you're thinking about the long, uh, the multiple touch campaigns, the long-term mm -hmm. multiple touch campaigns versus the shorter ones, you know, uh, it was really popular a couple of years ago to do a six touch campaign versus where you say maybe a two to three might work a little better now. Are you seeing that across the board as far as different lists, like let's say an absentee list, a code violation, et cetera, et cetera, or are you seeing that as a, is that kind of a general statement uh, across the board? I, I would put different lists into you know, different categories. Mm -hmm. um, you know, one, one, a couple measures that I like to look at are motivation and urgency. You know, if you're just to like go to the two extremes, mm -hmm. someone who just moved into their house last week, there's no motivation, there's no urgency to sell. Someone who received a notice of default last week, high motivation, high urgency. You're going to treat, you know, different lists within that spectrum differently. Um, so for someone who just received a notice of default, you've got a fast ticking clock. There's literally in most states, there's a 90 day clock that just started, you know, you're going to want to get your marketing out there on a faster schedule, so maybe one the, or two weeks between touches. That's where the two you know, or three hits will benefit the most then pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. And then compare that to like a probate list. Right. Those those cases can go on for six months, twelve months, kind of depends on on the the local courthouse. You know, we see more investment in those extra touches, those five touch five, six, seven for a list like that, because you know it's still a high value lead. You know there's a high probability of success there. You don't know when, right? There's a certain amount of timing where things have to change. The person that you're marketing to Think about their experience, their journey going through, you know, whatever situation it is, whether it's a code violation, whether it's tax, whether it's probate, you know, there's real life events that are, are happening and you don't know exactly when they're going to hit that moment and say, okay, let me, let's just solve this. Let's turn the house into cash and let's just get rid of this problem. So those extra touches can really make a difference for situations like that, so, you know, so, well, so I would kind of take it a little bit differently. Gotcha. Gotcha. So when you have like a, a an absentee, I've always said this for years. Um, this is something I 100% agree with. Uh, something I've had this discussion with you guys before. Um, when you have like an absentee list, that's someone that's waking up in the morning, not necessarily saying, hey, I want to sell my house today. Um, yeah. So somebody like that, you have to nurture over mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. So that may be a longer touch campaign versus like you said, someone with a uh, a 90 day, uh, someone from the NOD list, uh, notice yep. of default, or maybe a code violation list. Those may be shorter touch campaigns uh, where you have to get to them right away. Uh, or even a four, you know, the 90 day would be the foreclosure list, pre foreclosure list. Um, you have to get to those a lot quicker 
uh, versus, you know, like you said, the probates, those are a lot longer uh, term uh, campaigns because you have to build over time. Um, You know, an interesting uh, question that I personally, not even a question, I guess this is, uh, this would make for an interesting discussion would be uh, if you had to take the top lists that you're seeing are that are effective the most right now mm-hmm. what would those lists be and if we could group those into let's say two different groups say a shorter term a short-term group or a long-term group where you're gonna either do a short-term campaign or a long-term campaign uh, what type of list would fall in each of these categories mm-hmm. i guess you know first what would be the top list um, that you're seeing right now yeah so by the by volume, it's absentee owners without a doubt. Um, you know, it's the largest kind of most liquid market out there. It's very easily accessible data, and you can be very targeted and focused in terms of identifying specific types of owners or specific type of types of properties. Yeah. So without a doubt, absentee owners is by far you know our our top seller is still the top list that I see people people bring to us. Um, you know, it's just been a very consistent winner for a lot of people for a long time. Absolutely. So, and I don't think that's going to change. One, one thing to add to that. Now, there's a difference. A lot of people don't understand this, but there's a difference between an absentee owner and a vacant property owner. What would the difference be between the two? So the vacant property is going to be a property where there is no one living there. Right. Um, and that's, that's great. And when you can identify those situations, because that property owner, they're not getting rent, they're incurring tax payments, you know, they're, it, it, it costs money just to own a property. And if they're not having any income as a result of that, you know, there's an imbalance there and there's a motivation to sell, you know, an absentee owned property, you know, could be vacant or could be occupied. You don't, you, you know, it, you don't always know with a hundred percent certainty you know, if you're able to drive around under, you know, look at the properties around you, you know, that's becoming a bigger, bigger thing that we see people kind of bring their own list that they've developed, um, you know, and trying to identify specifically those, those vacant houses. Excellent. Awesome, man. So, you know, just kind of going back to those lists. So the highest, the, the number one list, and, and I can vouch for this, this has been a list I've been using for years. Um, absentee owners. Um, yeah. What would be a, so that would fall, what category would you say that would fall in? Would you say that that's a long-term or short-term category? So I see people market to the absentee owners in, you know, I would put it kind of in the middle. You're not going to do like a quick, fast, you know, two, three touch campaign like you would with a notice of default. Think about them as someone who's owned a property for 10 years. You know, if you haven't just... You know, so that's a long-term play for that owner. So low sense of urgency in terms of their their willingness to sell. So it does take a little bit of time to to warm them up. Um, I don't see people, you know, I don't see investors market quite as uh, as many touches as I do, for example, probate. Uh, I think probate, you know, just in what we see, tends to be the highest number of of touches out of anything, just yeah. because there is high number, high level of success. Uh, combined with high urgent, you know, high motivation. Um, and it, it ends up being a little bit, you know, kind of different style as well. You know, there's, there's a very sensitive underlying situation going on that you have to be a little bit sensitive to. Um, and as long as you're, you're kind of, you know, being nice, trying to be a good actor in that situation, you're, we see people be very successful with those. Um, I think that, you know, in terms of kind of a, the list ranking, that's probably, you know, that's high up there as, as well, you know, but definitely absentee owners are by far and away the, the top list. Right. So you mentioned notice of default would be a shorter term. Absentees are mm-hmm. kind of middle of the road. Probates would be more in a longer, longer. Yep. Where would you put like a, you know, I think we kind of discussed this already, something like a divorce list or code violation list, eviction list, stuff like that. What, what would you categorize those as? Yeah. Those other, I call those situational type leads where, you know, it's not a, 
you know, it, there's some underlying situation that is the motivating factor, right? Whether that's, you know, a tax code, you know, there's, there's an outside player that is in, in some way kind of affecting the situation around the property or the property owner. Mm-hmm. Those are, mo- I think of those mostly pretty similar where there, because of that situation, there is kind of a high motivation. Uh, but again, it becomes a, a, a little bit element of timing. You know, you don't exactly know when that situation is going to come to a point that's going to force the owner to say, okay, hold on, let me, let me reach out to this person who's been marketing to me and let's just, you know, get rid of this and solve the problem. Yeah. So you don't, you're not trying to time those, but it does take, that's where you do have to put a little bit of an extra investment in so that when they are ready and it is kind of up to them, right? It is up to their impression on their assessment of the situation to make that decision to say, okay, let me talk to them. You know, you can go, you you can through your letters, through your postcards, try to warm them up, give them good information on why you're someone that they should, they should work with, you know, the benefits of working with you and try to kind of, as, you know, hurry up that as much as possible. Uh, but ultimately you're, you're, it's up to, to them. So yeah. I yeah. kind of loop that group that similar to like a probate where you're going to maybe want to think about those extra touches. I think, um, in, in, you know, this is from my personal experiences, you know, um, I think you, what you're doing in essence is you're building a relationship with the people. So you're contacting, it's almost like, uh, picking up the phone and calling somebody, they don't know who you are. They're like, I've never, you know, I'm not going to do business with you if if you try to sell me something on the first date, right? Or uh, you ask me to marry you on the first date. Um, mm-hmm. we're, we're not necessarily going to, uh, we're not going to, we don't know each other. So we're not going to mesh well. Uh, but what you're doing is you're building a relationship with people over time through yeah. mail. So it's almost like writing a letter and having a pen pal now, when I was a kid, I used to, uh, don't laugh at me, uh, I, I was living in, in New York and I had a, a friend who was in Virginia. She, we would write each other, we would talk over the phone, but we would write each other letters like every month. So almost like a pen pal. I actually met oh, yeah. as a pen pal. It was, it was kind of crazy. Very cool. Over time, we built that relationship uh, to become really good friends. And um, eventually we, we, we met in person. Uh, you know, yada, yada, yada. But, you know, for the most part, um, that's exactly what you're doing with direct mail. Mm-hmm. You're, you're creating pen, a bunch of pen pals. Uh, yeah. You can actually contact them through the mail, build a relationship, get them to trust you through mail. And then you take them off of mail and into other forms like texting and things like that, which will allow you to continue to strengthen that relationship. If they trust you, eventually, uh, the possibilities of them doing business with you will increase dramatically over time, uh, but you have to get started at some point. So when you got lists like water shut off and eviction notices and code violations and tax liens, mm-hmm. you know, those may fall into one bucket. Then you have the absentees, which falls like they've said in the, in the middle bucket. And then you have the longer term play uh, where you really have to nurture the uh, relationship through probate um, because they're dealing with certain emotions and things like that. Maybe a divorce is a, uh, a longer term play uh, in my opinion, because uh, that can go on for quite some time. Uh, Things like that, you know, absentees, vacants are middle ground, great ways to start. What, what, you know, what, what do you feel? How do you, I guess what I'm asking is, what do you feel is the best way, the best list to start with um, if I'm brand new in the business right now? Yeah, I, I, it's going to be the absentee owners again. It's yeah. just the easiest list to work with. It's the easiest to kind of understand as well. Um, and there's a lot of additional things that we can do in terms of filtering and targeting to really identify a more narrow set of absentee owners. So if you're just looking to get your first campaign set up, you know, we don't have to just look at, you know, a thousand absentee owners in your local zip codes. We can say, okay, let's focus on absentee owners. Let's say, let's focus on ones that have owned a property for 15 years. They've got at least 40% equity. You know, it's a three bedroom, two bathroom property. And we can really harness that into a more defined target market. So you have a bit more confidence in terms of 
who you're marketing to, why you're marketing to them, and the motivating factors that are that are around that. So you can be more focused and you don't have to, you know, you can also come at it with a more introductory budget, Absolutely. you know, where you don't have to throw, you know, thousands of dollars right out, right up front. You can kind of ease yourself into, into direct mail by being focused around who you're marketing to. I like that. So what uh, you mentioned some aspects of the criteria. So we understand the different lists that are available. What type of criteria would you pull? Um, and, and again, if we're focusing on absentees, which you, you feel like are the best ways to get started, and I, I 100% agree with that, um, what would be some of the criteria that you're seeing uh, are working the best when pulling that mm -hmm. list? So think about it within the context of the broader economy. Um, you know, oh, we're, we're kind of at the end of a 10-year bull run, positive growth in the economy. and that's a sign people are making their payments, they're gaining equity. There's a good chance that if you mark, if you do a deal with someone that has a high amount of equity, that's going to be a profitable transaction for them. So in those types of situations, you know, lean into that, lean into the greater, you know, greater things that are going on. Um, there's few, you know, last year, 2019, significantly fewer opportunities for, you know, pre foreclosure list, notice of default list, simply because, People were making their payments. Um, think about their experience as a property owner. Is, are they someone who's owned a property for 15 years? Maybe they're reaching retirement age, kind of a tired landlord type of profile mm -hmm. where now there's, we've identified kind of a, a type of person or an idea around who might be wanting to exit a property. Because if you can help accelerate that retirement, give them a, a good reason to, to get out of there and make it a profitable transaction for them, you know, that's a good thing to, to look at. Um, you can also look at different factors around the mortgage, financial situation. It's very easy to get uh, an idea of the, the market value. Um, and then if there's specific types of properties that you're, you're interested in. I know we have, we have clients, they only look at three-bedroom properties because those are the ones that they can most easily uh, turn over and get a, a profit on, on, you know, very, very quickly on. So we're able to focus for, for that as well. Um, so there's a lot of different ways that we can, we can filter. And it all comes from that really high quality data that is ultimately publicly accessible here in the U.S. Yeah, I like, I, I like that. Uh, I love the fact that you mentioned to uh, look at it from an economical standpoint, what's actually going on in the market. Most people don't, don't take that approach. So um, that's allowing you to use a little bit of common sense to be able to uh, help you in your approach in the uh, direct mail as well. So we understand some of the criteria. We understand what lists we're, we're searching for. What do you feel are some of the best marketing pieces? Now we're, we're starting to roll up our sleeves a little bit. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Talk about the direct mail a little bit more. Uh, what do you feel are some of the best marketing pieces to approach, I guess, starting off? Uh, what do you what are you seeing is working the best for yeah. uh, for for the market? And then over time, as you build that relationship, I guess if we had to give them a multiple touch campaign, what type of what what does that campaign look like? Sure. So let's focus on a, a campaign where you want to go narrow and deep, for example, where you want to go for those three, four, five, six touches. Uh, for a situation like that, for like a narrowly defined absentee owner, you know, you're going to, by far, our, we see mail quality matters um, between, broadly speaking, letters versus postcards. You know, that's kind of the big question that we get. Uh, I like to say letters get read, postcards get looked at. And there's advantages to, to both of those. Someone may be highly motivated. They only need a postcard. They need to know that, hey, you've got a cash offer for them. And you kind of hit them at the right moment where they're going to say, okay, let me hear what they have to say. Sometimes you want to be a little bit more personal. That comes across a little bit better in a letter with an envelope and an actual stamp on there. Nice return address label on the back. You know, that's what our company has really kind of built ourselves on is our ability to create you know, beautiful handwritten mail. You know, we have an actual team of writers that will write out the information on your, on your envelopes by hand. Um, that, that style kind of comes from the yellow letter, which really got to start as, hey, I drove by your house, wrote a quick note on my notepad, 
put in the mailbox turned out to be a highly effective way to get someone's attention. And that's really bloomed into this, this entire industry and this entire company that we have. Um, and so that's still, still a very, very effective way to get someone's attention. And it's a very simple form of marketing too. You don't have to overthink it. The message can be very straightforward. You know, you don't have to put a lot of, of branding thought. Um, we have a ton of templates that have been used for years and years and years by investors to, to get leads. And we have people who have been using the same templates for years on end, just building their business through a very consistent way, starting with, with yellow letters. Awesome, man. So there's multiple ways of uh, touching people and trying out different things. And, and a beautiful part, again, is that you guys can kind of guide the the uh, investor that's contacting you and say, hey, I would go this way rather than that way. I love mm-hmm. that, man. So what is if we had to provide, let's say, a three to five step process for someone to get started in direct mail today, uh, what would be that three to step, three to five step process? Sure. It's always going to start with your mailing list. Come up with, and even before that, what is your strategy? What is your approach? You know, think about the market that you're in, the local economy that you're in, broader economic factors that are happening and going on, and get an idea about who you think the sellers are, who's going to have that motivation to sell right now. We can help you build a list around a strategy, but... I see across the nation, different markets, different areas are going to be a little bit different in terms of who those sellers are. So bringing your local knowledge to the table is going to be really important. Once we have that, that knowledge and we have an idea and we have our, you know, kind of a, a definition of what that list looks like, you know, we can go ahead and get, the, get those leads and figure out you know, exactly who those property owners are and who those pro- you know, which properties are, are worth marketing to. Um, the next step is going to be building a message. We've got a ton of templates for that. Again, a lot of it can be fairly straightforward, but we are seeing a bigger trend around branding and adding logos, personalization to connect the dots between those multiple touches. So when you see a logo on a letter show up month one, you see that same logo on a, on a postcard show up month two, it's really easy to connect that back and say, okay, I remember seeing this, this person must be serious. Let me reach out to them. Um, and there's a lot of different mail pieces that we have to, to you know, bring that together into a multi-touch campaign. A lot of different types of letters, cards, postcards, you name it. You know, what I like to see is just being a little bit different, just showing them something fresh. That message is really important to keep the same because we want to be consistent with our request on, you know, here's how to get a hold of me. Here's my benefits to you. Here's what I'm asking for. I'm interested in this specific property. You know, that helps build that relationship that we were talking about, that brand equity and rapport that's going to turn someone from an I don't know you totally cold lead into warming them up and getting, you know, increasing that response rate because now you've, you've kind of warmed them up through those additional touches of direct mail that you've sent over, you know, a longer period of time. So just, I know that's a very uh, fast, uh, you know, explanation of an entire direct mail campaign, um, but that's fairly as simple as I can make it. You know, yeah. get your list, get your message, think about your mail pieces and then follow up. Yeah. And then, you know, uh, if I had to add anything to that, it would be just stay, con- stay the course, be consistent yeah. with what you're doing, because most people, and I'm sure you'd agree, and I'm sure, I'm sure you see this all the time, as I do, most people just give up way too early. They give up way too early before mm-hmm. they actually see the result of what it is that they're looking to accomplish. So most definitely stay the course. Uh, you have to think long term. Uh, don't think about today. Think about, you know, let's think six, even 12 months from now, the benefits yeah. of what you're going to be able to, to build through direct mail. So um, if we had to give our listeners, um, what would be the best advice? If we had to give our listeners some advice when it comes to direct mail uh, in regards to uh, getting started, what mm-hmm. would some last minute advice be for our, for our listeners? Sure. 
I think the the area that people probably get caught up in the most is that planning phase where it's easy to feel overwhelmed because there's just so many properties that you can get a hold of. Take the, a little extra time to think about the strategy and the approach that you're taking. Have confidence in that because then when you you have confidence in your own idea and your own approach, you know, you're going to follow through on that. Mm-hmm. And like we were just saying, you know, it is about consistency and following through on your plan and not giving up, you know, as soon as, you know, you're, you're not getting the response that you want because you can get those responses. We see it all the time. You know, when we, when I think about our client base, you know, the people that have been working with us for years and years, you know, those are the, they're at least setting up three touch campaign pretty much across the board. Yeah. So, so do you recommend, do you recommend doing one-off campaigns or just kind of uh, do a, a multiple touch campaign right off the bat? If you're just getting started, go ahead, ease yourself into it. Do a one-touch campaign. Get a sense of, of how that's going to go. But just keep in mind, like, don't, don't forget that you should be doing that follow-up as well. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to commit to it right off the bat. Maybe you want to make some adjustments. Maybe get a little bit, a bit of feedback and say, okay, well, let me change my message a little bit. Let me try a different mail piece. You know, maybe you, maybe you, you know, get the feedback from that, from that list and you say, okay, well, I'm just going to try a totally different list. I'm not, I don't, I don't want to, I don't feel confident that it's worth those extra, that extra investment in that particular list. Give yourself a little bit of room for error if you're just getting started out, because I think that's one of the big differences between the, the people that we see be really consistent is they've found a system and a strategy that works for them. And they, they know when they're consistent with it, they're going to get results out of it. And if you don't have that, that experience, you're not, maybe not quite as confident to make, take those extra steps. You know, it, it's interesting, interesting that you, you know, we're talking about um, long-term, the long-term play of direct mail. You know, recently I read a, a study where it said, you know, I, I believe it was a six touch campaign over, I think it was over a 12 month time frame, And it showed that the, the least amount of uh, the lowest response rate was in the very beginning. Um, after like three, I think it was like four or five touches, maybe uh, the response rate jumped from like a 10 or 12%. So it went from like, let's say a 5% second month, maybe a 10%, then another 10 to 12%. Then it was something magical happened around like month four or five where it went from like 10 or 12% to like an 80% response rate. I'm not sure how that happens, but what that proves is people respond to you as you build a relationship with them, as you grow over yeah. time, when you're creating. Just looking at the broad, like entire direct mail industry, cold lists versus warm lists. Yeah. In, across real estate, consumer products, for a cold list, you're looking at about a 5% response rate. Right. For a warm list, you're looking at over 10% response rate. So your goal through those multiple touches is to warm them up and bring them from that cold, I don't know you category into that comfort zone where you're going to get those higher response rates. Yep. So that's the benefit of direct mails. You can, you can do that. You can be very straightforward and direct and bring them through that journey from that. I don't know you to having some sort of rapport and relationship just by sending them a letter. That's right. And, you know, the same thing happens for me and my email list. I have over 100,000. Um, well, since we cleaned it, it's like 70,000 subscribers. We had a lot more at one point. But if you don't open up and open up our emails for four months, you're kind of cold at that point. So you move mm-hmm. to a dead list. Right. So although we had, let's say, 250,000 people on our email list, only 70,000 of them are really active. And that's the people who are in that uh, that hot or even warm list. Uh, mm-hmm. right. So, you know, it's the same exact concept with everything you do. It's a relationship building process. When you guys first started listening to this podcast or you met me on YouTube, or maybe you joined my email list, you didn't know who I was. You, you, uh, you decided to, uh, 
start that relationship with me by opting into a product or subscribing to this YouTube page. By the way, if you are not subscribed to my podcast, subscribe, subscribe to the YouTube page as well. But the whole point is you guys uh, decided, you know, I put some content out. You guys just started to, you decided to engage in the content. Now, over time, if I send you an email, you know who I am. Uh, it's because that relationship is warm or if not hot at this point. It's the same concept with direct mail, exactly the same concept. And that's exactly what you're doing with homeowners as well. Um, so I, I think that that's a, a really, thought that was a really good analogy, a really good way to explain it so that you guys can understand it in the simplest form. Great call, man. I, I really appreciate yeah. you uh, jumping on the line with us today, uh, teaching us the ins and outs of direct mail, uh, I'll call this direct mail, direct mail 101. <laughs> That's exactly what I love it. So we have, uh, we, we know what list to target. We know what, what to do with the list. So we know what type of mailing pieces, how many touches to, uh, uh, to send. Uh, we understand that it's a long-term play. Uh, we're not looking to get rich overnight, but we're looking to uh, be rich consistently in real estate. And that's what it's all about. Right. So, um, Absolutely. if, 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 uh, if our listeners wanted to get in contact with you, Dave, how, how should they do that? Sure. Go ahead. Uh, go ahead over to our, our new website, yellowlettersComplete.com. Uh, we've got a lot of different templates out there. We've just released some new ones for uh, the current environment. We've got a lot of new products there as well. Um, you'll, I definitely recommend getting a sample pack of our materials. You'll see one of a little bit of everything to give you a great idea of the different options that are out there, the different types of mail pieces and how we can really make them look and feel personal. Like you've, you've created the mail piece yourself and send it to someone one-on-one. -on -one. That's the experience that we're trying to create for people. Awesome. Now go ahead and link that in the description box in the show notes as well. I will say that uh, this company does exactly what they are, they, they're basically practicing what they what they preach as well. I receive a ton of mail from Yellow Letters Complete, different packages on what they're offering at the time, uh, what's working, uh, different letters. Hey, um, so so for example, they may send me a yellow letter, and it, it may say this is what's working right now, a marketing piece, and that's exactly what you're sending to your customers yeah. as well. So yeah. um, they definitely understand. Um, they're ahead of the game, in my opinion, when it comes to direct mail. They understand how it works, uh, and they, they're there to provide you with uh, support and what's going to work best for you and your campaign. So definitely plan it out. I'm sure, Dave, if you contacted them, um, yeah. Dave will, they've, they'll be able to help you plan your campaign even. Um, so yeah, Absolutely. Yep. So email us at info at info at yellowlettersComplete.com. Uh, if you head over to our website, uh, you'll be able to schedule a meeting with me one-on-one. -on -one. We can go ahead, plan every step of your campaign. We'll walk you through the whole process. Make sure you're, you're happy and confident with the, with the campaign that you're, you're setting up. Awesome, man. So listen, guys, yellowlettersComplete.com or email the team at info at yellowlettersComplete.com. Uh, again, I'll link it all in the show notes and uh, you guys will will uh, be able to uh, get access to Dave and his team uh, today. Um, now, one question I always like to ask Dave, you know, as we mm -hmm. start wrapping up the podcast is what you're reading right now. Any books you recommend on marketing or anything like that? So I keep close tabs on uh, actually an economist blog. Uh, Greg Mankiw's blog. He's a he's a Harvard economist. Um, I think in a rapidly changing macro economic environment like what we're going through, for me, trying to get a sense of what's going on across the country, how those factors are affecting individual people, I'm taking an extra close look at you know that point of view right now. So we can try. So I can try to keep track of everything that's that's happening especially in this very rapidly changing environment that we're going through you know this is you know we're here in july 2020 and if you told us six months ago what was going to go on you know it, we, i wouldn't even believe you right so just trying to keep up with with the macro factors that are going on uh 
it's really informative, straightforward, good information about, you know, just a, a sensible con economist perspective on that. So yeah. that's what I've been paying attention to right now. And what was the name of that again? Uh, the name of the, the economist is Greg Mankiw. Uh, M-A-N-K-I-W. Yeah, yeah. He's a Harvard, Harvard economist. Gotcha. He's he a great, direct, uh, great uh, uh, macroeconomic or microeconomics 101 book, too. I might have to uh, invite him on to the podcast to see uh, uh, what, what the economy is doing. You for should. Us. You know, I think that'll be a great call. Appreciate that uh, referral, man. But um, I'll link his book. Uh, you said he has a book as well? And, yeah, he's got a, you know, based, you've taken an uh, Econ 101 course in, in college. You probably used his, his textbook. Excellent. Uh, but I'll, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll include the link to, to the blog down in the, the notes. Yeah, most definitely I'll do that and um, uh, be sure to check that book out as well. Well, Dave, man, it's been a, a real pleasure uh, having you on board. I'm sure our, our listeners are going to want to have you again sometime in the future uh, uh, to see what's new uh, in the market. And uh, we'll, we'll address that when we get there. But if you had to give some last minute advice to our listeners, what would that advice be? I would say come talk to us. You know, I think it's, I think direct mail can be a little bit intimidating for some people to get, get started. Um, don't be afraid to, to pick up the phone and call us because we're here to, to help. We're here to advise. We're here to give you input and feedback. So, you know, just feel free. Don't, don't, don't hesitate to ask for a little bit of advice before you, before you get started. Awesome, man. And uh, again, you know, if I had to add anything to it, it would be stay the course, be consistent with what you're doing. Direct mail, in my opinion, is the absolute best way to operate your real estate investing business. Everything else does play a part when you have text messaging and you know, all these different forms of uh, uh, marketing out there. But direct mail is the foundation of it all. This is where it starts. This is where it's going to end. And at mm -hmm. the end of the day, you have these other pieces to support it, but they should not overpower it, in my opinion. So you need direct mail in your real estate investing business if you want to uh, grow and scale, if you want to start a real real estate investing business. So get started on direct mail today. Check out uh, 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 yellowletterscomplete.com and also uh, check out what they're, what they're offering. I'm going to link everything in the show notes. and. Um, Start taking massive action if you want massive results. Hope you guys enjoyed today's podcast. I'm going to uh, talk to you guys on the next one where we're going to talk about a different form of investing, and I'll see you guys then. Take care. Check out my website at reieducationacademy.com. To make it easy, you can just simply go to jamelgibbs.com or check out my YouTube page at youtube.com forward slash jamelgibbs. I'm all over the web, whether it be on Facebook slash the Jamel Gibbs or on Instagram at Jamel Gibbs. I'm on LinkedIn as well. I'm on TikTok. I'm on Snapchat. Check out all of these platforms for daily content, weekly content, more content from Jamel Gibbs. But if you want to get more in depth, go to reieducationacademy.com. And that's how you can find out more about my training material and how you can get started investing in real estate today. Talk to you later.